back in Romans, the 13th chapter. Let's stand as we read through verses 14 through 16. I'm sorry, not 14 through 16, 11 through 14. I don't know why I put 14 through 16 down. 11 through 14, Romans 13, verse number 11, and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let's pray once again. Father, we do ask that as we bow before you, Father, as we sit here with our Bibles open, that you indeed, I think about Lydia, um, there as, as she was on the... The, the, the sides of the, the river, and you opened her heart. And so, Father, we understand that these things that we're reading about, these things that we're hearing about, these things that are being proclaimed are not things that we can understand naturally. They're not things that come to us because we have a greater mind, a greater ability than the other person sitting next to us, but it's because of, Father, you are giving us a hearing ear because of you opening our eyes to see because of you giving us understanding and when the Lord departed he told the disciples that he'd not leave them comfortless but that the comforter would come and we know that that the comforter has come to to teach us the things of Christ so Father we pray you'd send forth your spirit and that you would speak unto each and every one that you would give the speaker Father, grace to speak and give the hearer grace to hear. Father, help us all to have grace to be able to do and to be able to live, Father, even as already has been said this morning, that we might do all things to your glory and to your honor. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58 says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You can't take anything else with you today but that. Take that with you. It's easy to get discouraged. I mean, we're talking about the night being far spent, the day being at hand. We're talking about the fact that we're supposed to put off the works of darkness and we're supposed to put on the armor of light. We already talked about this morning if that wasn't a reality. Um, If we couldn't be conformed to the world, uh, if we didn't need to be told, you know, that we need to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, be transformed, then those things wouldn't be in here, but they are here. Uh, They are necessary. They are needful. I mean, does does a Christian need to be told to walk honestly? Does a Christian need to be told that we're not to walk in rioting and drunkenness? That we are not to walk in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying? Sure, those are all negative things that we're told to put off. 
If we couldn't walk in those things, then we wouldn't be told to put them off. But we are being told to put them off. But here in 1 Corinthians 15, we're told to be steadfast. We're told to be unmovable. We're told to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. And what's our encouragement? That what you do is not in vain. Isn't that a glorious and precious promise to hold on to? Because there's so many times we think, and believe me, there's lots of Sundays. I don't know, Brother JT, I expect he's like me. There's lots of times I step down from here and think, boy, that could have been a lot better. That, that, I, could have, I could have prepared that differently. Brother Marvin, that ever happened to you? You know, um, you know what happens. Um, and we can get discouraged. And we can feel like that was not worth anything. And we can, and, and just in general, all of us, and, and whether it's in our households and it's, it's witnessing to our children, our spouses, or our family, or it's in the workplace, and we can feel like, well, that, that didn't do anything. That wasn't any good. Um, that's not going to produce any fruit. You're told here that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And he sends the water and the rain you know, and it, it, it does what it's sent for, doesn't it? You know, it produces fruit. The ground drinks it in. It brings forth fruit. You know, it's not in vain. Uh, he didn't say unto us in vain that we should go out and be a witness. He didn't say to us in vain that we should go out and be a testimony. He didn't say to us in vain that we should go out and be light. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So, you know, lift up. You know, those hands that are hanging down and strengthen, you know, the feeble knees. Don't become weary in well-doing. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Um, I just wanted to encourage you, you know, with that this morning. Before we even get in, you know, to these things, let us walk. He says, let us walk honestly. Shouldn't be hard, should it? I mean, the Lord's given you a new heart. The Lord's given you the mind of Christ. The Lord's given you his spirit. You know, it shouldn't be hard to walk honestly. You know, I'm, I'm so encouraged whenever one of our superintendents say, what should we do in this situation? To hear my younger brother and his younger brother say, we're going to do the right thing. This is what we should do. Whatever, if you have a question about what to do, do what's right. You know, it, it, that's so encouraging to hear. You know, the place that I worked at before, that wasn't a maxim. That wasn't something that was stated very often. Do the right thing. No, if somebody made a mistake, it was like, cover that up. You know, that's what they sought to do. <clears throat> so, let us walk honestly. You know, there, there's a, a ministry out of San Antonio that their name is, I'll Be Honest. And then underneath it, it says, will you? And I wonder... If they took that from here, let us walk honestly. I'll be honest, will you? Um, I read this week in relation to that which we have been discussing concerning, you know, salvation being nearer um, than when we first believed. The person said this. They said, what one is looking for radically impacts what he or she is living for. What one is looking for radically impacts what he or she is living for. You know, what are we looking for? We think about in relationship to what we've been looking at. Salvation's nearer than when we first believed. We're looking for, and what? Hastening even, what? The day of the Lord. The day of our Lord's coming. 
Um, I think about, and Nita Papa used to call out, work for the night is coming, when man shall work no more. I think I mentioned that last week, but, but that's the effect that it has upon us because we're told in what we've already looked at in verse number 11, knowing the time, there's some things that we ought to know. What are we supposed to know? The end is near. The Lord's coming. And the effect of that upon us is work. The effect upon us is not what I was saying about, you know, JT and, and, and Anna, you know, the, the eldest among us in the Lord. And, well, no, I'm sorry, I said Cohen last week, didn't I? Because Cohen is the youngest among us in the Lord. Um, that, that they could, either one of them could just say, well, yeah, it's, you're tr- it's right. You know, here I am, you know, in, in my 80s, here I am in my teens. And yes, salvation is nearer than when I first believed. doesn't matter that this one's been walking for, you know, 40 years with the Lord. And, and, and the other's just been, I don't know how long now, Cohen? Four or five years? To our knowledge, you know, we understand, you know, four or five years. The Lord's been working on you longer than that, I'm sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> From the beginning. Yeah, he's going back even further than that. Um, we can't just say, well, I'm going to coast the rest of the way. You ever coasted? I, I, I know you have, Donnie. You know? Well, I'm not talking about that. You know, the, the <laughs> I'm talking about like on a bicycle. You know, we've, we've coasted. Yeah, we've, you backslid. <laughs> we've coasted before. We had bikes back when, when he and I were, were growing up. I mean, I mean, most of the bikes you, you try to coast, the, you know, it, it doesn't freewheel. You know, the, the pedals keep going. But the bikes we used to ride, I mean, you could just keep your feet on the pedals and it would, it would coast and not spin, you know. Um, but we can't just coast the rest of the way, can we, Sister Shelby? Can we just coast the rest of the way in heaven? No, we're told to work, aren't we? We're told to put off some things, to put on some things. I mean, we can't just coast the rest of the way. So, well, I've made it in, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, what difference does it make? You know, uh, that, that's just laziness. Um, that's not what we're called unto. Um, you know, we're called to put off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. So <clears throat> what one's looking for radically impacts what we said, what he or she is living for. And what did Paul say? You think Paul was coasting? Paul wasn't coasting, was he? And for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I mean, death was a very present reality for him. A lot of places he went, wasn't it? I mean, he was stoned and left for dead. And he was drug out of the city and just left there like they'd killed him. Um, you know, so death was a constant threat for Paul. He lived with death. But he says, for me to live is Christ, and to die, if that happens, that could happen. It's almost happened. You know, I've been beaten I've been shipwrecked, you know, I've been stoned, uh, you know, all these things that happened to him. He gives that list of things that had, had taken place, a, a night and a day spent in the deep, you know, all those kind of things that he talks about. He lived with the constant threat of death. I mean, much more than we do, right? I mean, you witness to somebody and you preach the gospel to somebody and you testify to somebody and might be a social stigma attached to it. You might be scorned. Uh, you might be looked down upon, uh, but death's probably, not saying it couldn't happen, but death's probably not in view, but it was for Paul. He didn't, he didn't use that as an excuse. I mean, he's in prison at the end of Ephesians, right? And what does he say? He said, pray for me. Why? 
How did he get in prison? What put him there? He was speaking the truth, right? And what does he say? Pray for me. That what? Anybody? That I might open my mouth boldly. Well, Paul, I thought you were pretty bold. I mean, you're bold enough you're in prison. That I might open my mouth boldly and speak as I ought to speak. So why do I bring that up? Because of this. He's praying and asking that he might be able to open his mouth and speak boldly because the last time he did it, this is what happened, and he fights the same fight that we fight, right? It, 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 it'd be the easy thing to, try to shrink back and, and be a wallflower, you know, and not, not draw an attention to yourself. But that's not what the Lord's called us to. And Paul knew that, and we know that. And so he's praying, Get, pray for me that I might open my mouth boldly to speak as I ought to speak. And we need to pray the same prayer if we're going to walk honestly. If we're going to walk honestly before men. If we're going to speak honestly. If we're going to do honest deeds before men. If that's what we're looking for. If that's what we're living for. So these are things that that we are called to be diligent to do. And, And we've been attaching to the things we've been saying that we need to pray that we what? Not enter into temptation. We need to watch and pray. We need to pray, somebody said recently. They said, we need to pray without ceasing during the message. We do. We need to pray earnestly. We need to pray fervently, don't we? We need to pray expectantly. Our God hears us, and he will answer. He may not answer exactly the way you're asking, but he will answer. He will answer. Pray that you not enter into temptation. In relation to now our salvation being nearer, that's the thing we talked about last week, right? Now is our salvation nearer. We focused on that last week. We have the phrase in verse number 12, the night in relation to that is far what? Spent, right? The night's far spent. What, what does yours say, Brother Donnie? Same thing? Is that the night's far spent? Sorry, you're somewhere else. Night's almost gone. That gives us another picture, doesn't it? Night's far spent, the night's almost gone. Didn't mean to put you on the spot, brother. You were looking for another verse of Scripture. <laughs> um, so, the night is far spent. Think about the foolish virgins that had no oil for their lamps. The night's far spent. You know, the bridegroom cometh. The night's far spent. Uh, people think they can repent later. I can put that off for a time but what's promised is now. Today's the day of salvation, right? That's what the Scripture says. Tomorrow may never come. But people think that way. You know, I, I got up this week to take Andrew to the airport. Got up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And we left about 5. And I was telling Brother Marvin that as we passed by here, I was looking off there in the distance, and you could see the moon still reflecting off the clouds that were in the sky. Guess what? The night was far spent the day was at hand i mean by the time we got to the airport the day was already here you know we started in the dark and we drove and then the day had already broke and was in full swing by the time that he opened the door and got out at the airport so the night's far spent the day is at hand ephesians five fourteen says wherefore he saith awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, 
and Christ shall give thee light. Something similar in Isaiah 9-2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. So we have this imagery, you know, here in our text of night and day. And we have the imagery of darkness and light. We have those two things, night and day and darkness and light. And there are those that are of the night that are in darkness that are blind, like we said this morning. But also, when we think about the night, it's almost spent. And you think about darkness, that's what you know, they're in, but we're in this night too, aren't we? I mean, the, the day hasn't, hasn't dawned and the day spring, you know, I mean, a sense has arised in our hearts, I know, but there's a day coming that's greater than any day we've known. I mean, and the best that you could say about anything in this life is that it's darkness. I mean, that's the best we can say about this life. It's darkness. It's not even going to be comparable to heaven. It's not going to be, be able to be comparable to that day. I, I know there's some beauty upon this earth, but it's still marred by sin and creation's groaning. Creation's groaning and travailing together with us, you know, until this, this manifestation of, of these sons, this redemption that's drawing nigh, of this glorification that will come when all of creation will be free from the bondage that it's been subjected to. You know, we're in this night... And it's like that drive that we were making to the airport. The night's far spent, and the day is at hand. There is darkness and there's light. There's night and there's day. There's judgment coming. There are those in darkness who need light. They need light before the night's over. The night's going to be over one day. And that light's going to shine. Every eye is going to see him, right? And you think about his, his appearing to Paul at the time Saul of Tarsus. His appearing was what? How, how bright was it? Brighter than the noonday sun, right? The noonday sun's pretty bright. I mean, we can relate a little bit to that here recently. Some of these cloudless days that we've had, no rain. I'm thankful for the little bit of rain that we've gotten. Has everybody got a little bit recently? I mean, there are a couple of nights that just consecutively that we had rain so thankful you know for it but we've seen some some days recently it's summertime and 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 when the sun's up there you know in the what what was it going some weeks this is this is cohen's territory you know he's he's wanting to enter into that you know uh sort of a um i don't know what what were you going to go for brother just i didn't know if there was a specific thing within that okay so, um, convective, convective storms. I don't even know what that is. A thunderstorm. A thunderstorm. Okay. Yeah, storm that's conducive to rain. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Should be anyway. I, I, there's been some dry thunder, I guess, hasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know what a noonday sun looks like. We know how how hot that hour from you know. Then till three o'clock, you know, can be. We know how bright the sun is. I remember as a kid, you know, there's going to be an eclipse. And they'd make those little boxes and they'd put the little holes in it. You know, don't look at the sun. Well, I'm sorry. You know, that made me want to look at it. You know, you tell me not to do it. 
You know, and I looked at it and I was like, okay, I understand why I'm not supposed to look at it. You know, uh, I couldn't see for a minute or two and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Um, But you think about the Lord's coming, the Lord's return. You think about brightness. You think about men crying out that rocks would fall upon them to hide them from the face of the Lamb. We're called to stand with our loins girt about with the truth. We're children of light. They're children of darkness. We're called to keep our lamps lit. The danger mentioned is the works of darkness. We've already asked the question, does a Christian need to be warned against these? Yes, a Christian needs to be warned against these. I listened to one message this week, and the pastor was talking about that very thing. He took it a little bit step further and um, was talking about some of the sins that are mentioned here and asking the question, do Christians need to be warned against these things? And he says, it depends how deep of a pit you've been dug out of. You know, some certain sins are more of a temptation to some people that have been dug out of those things than they may be to someone, you know, else. Because you get into the next chapter and you've got people who were in those temples where that meat was being sacrificed to those idols and they're having a real problem with eating anything like that if it's set before them. Their conscience, that's just something that it's having trouble, you know, handling and bearing and doing, you know. And so you have Paul saying, if it offends my brother to eat meat, I'll eat meat no more forever. Um, so, <clears throat> I don't know that that would, that would, I know it holds true, but I'm not saying that's the only aspect. I, do we need to be warned? I mean, did did David come out of adultery? You know, did he need to be warned against adultery? Yeah, he needed to be warned against adultery. He didn't really necessarily come out of that kind of a lifestyle. Um, you know, he he was he was raised in from what we can perceive to be a godly home. You know, and and he was brought up in you know church, and so to speak. <clears throat> we know it would have been a temple, you know, but here he was. Was that temptation real for him? Absolutely it was. Did he fall prey to it? Yes, he did. Did he find forgiveness in it? Yes. Yes, the Lord forgave him of his sin. <clears throat> so I wouldn't make only that application, you know, to it. I think we all need to be warned. Um, you know, have I ever committed adultery? No. Do I need to be warned against it? Yes. Absolutely I do. Do I need to watch and pray, you know, against finding myself in a situation? Do I, need to, do I need to put that sort of a situation far from me? I've had situations where ladies have asked me to come over to their house, and I've said to Teresa, I need you to come with me. I don't need to be in that situation by myself. I don't want to be. You know, I don't want something that could happen, you know. Am I looking for that? No. Um, but you know, here David was. He was not where he was supposed to be. It was a time when kings went out to war. We looked at that recently, didn't we? But he found himself in a, in, a, in a place where he was tempted. And he did fall prey to that temptation. We need to be warned you know, against these things. So the danger mentioned here is the works of darkness. We can fall into that sin as much as David did. Um, we can, we can sleep, fall asleep at the wheel. I've done that before. <laughs> Fall asleep at a literal wheel behind. You know, the, and, and I tell you, 
whenever we were young parents, we're older now, we're older parents. We were talking about that yesterday. Yeah, being older parents. But um, we were young parents. I can remember here was myself, Teresa, and Andrew, and Rebecca in the car, and to fall asleep at the wheel, having that precious cargo, you know, in the vehicle with you. Well, you talk about beating yourself up. You know, what could happen? Wake up. You know, so, I mean, you use that as an illustration for us all, right? Wake up. Wake up. You know, what could happen? You know, wake up. What could take place? What could you fall prey to? How about the cares of the world? You know, what about a little sin? You know, can we handle a little sin? I mean, it's just a little sin. No. What could that little sin become? You know, what did David say as he looked out there and saw Bathsheba? You know, did he turn away? Did he turn his eyes from beholding, you know, that? Or did he continue to look, saying, I I can handle a little bit of sin? No, you can't handle a little bit of sin. Mm -mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's bad. It's all bad. Um, run, right? Run. Run away of these commandments. Right. Yeah. The least of these commandments. But be like Joseph. He ran right out of his garments. Now, she used that against him, didn't she? You know, but, but his heart and his conscience were clean. They were clean in the matter. He was thrown in prison for it, but they were clean in the matter. You know, he could have been in prison and his conscience not be clean. But he was in prison with a clean conscience. You know, sin promises a whole lot, right? But in the end, what does it really bring? You've all been there. Sin's promised things to you, and, and you've accepted the deal. And you get on the other side of it. And you said, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. This isn't what, what I was hoping it would be. I can't live with this. I can't live this way. This is not what I've been called unto. I can't, I can't live in sin. That's not who I am. There was a time, I was talking to Andrew about that on the way to the airport. You know, the fact that there's a lot of people that are outside of Christ that they, they live for sin. They want more of it. I want to do that again. And I want to do more of it. I want to go further in it. And they keep going further and further and further and further. And I heard Bob Jennings preach a message one time at camp talking about there's a pit out there in the middle of that dark room that you keep walking towards and you're going to fall into it and there may be no escape. The cares of this world, the riches of this life, we're not, don't love the things of this world. We're told that, aren't we? Don't love the things of this world. Don't love the things of this life. I mean, there's things that we use, sure. Don't abuse them. The devil's corrupted all of them, hasn't he? Don't abuse them. Use them for what God's given them for. Give thanks unto him for them. Use them for his glory. But don't abuse them. Just like Brother J.T. said. Ephesians 5 says, Be ye therefore 
followers of God, as dear children, walk in love. Don't walk in darkness. Don't walk in the works of this world, the things of this world. Walk in love. Remember what we said before? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, all your mind, your neighbor as yourself. You know? If you do those things, you're not going to work ill towards your neighbor, right? Walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not once... You know, it was named among David once. It was named about David once, but let it not once be named among you. How about the church in Corinth? I mean, there were some ungodly things going on there, weren't there? I mean, one man that had his father's wife? Let it not once be named among you. As becometh saints. That's walking honestly, right? Let it not once be named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness. I mean, so, so we're, we're looking at some gross sins over here, right? Like adultery and murder and those types of things that we looked at, you know, in David's life recently. But look what it says here. Filthiness nor foolish talking. Foolish talking. I mean, that's named right in here with those other things. Right there with fornication and covetousness nor jesting i'm not saying that we can't we can't you know joke around with another one another you know to some degree but you know that's not what we we're giving ourselves unto we can't give ourselves to those things i mean you could you could give yourself to you know being a comedian about things and every time somebody saw you yeah you had something funny to say maybe it was clean might have been clean something funny to say but that's all there ever is you know is that person going to come to you when they have some serious spiritual you know problem or they think you're just going to joke about it you know laugh it off neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks for this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man. Covetousness is tied to what? What's the next thing that says there? Which is idolatry. You know, it's tied to idolatry. Hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God? Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Talking about casting off the works of darkness, right? Don't be partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now, what are you? Light in the Lord. We're told to put on the armor of light. Now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. How do you reprove them? I know my dad and my brothers went to Florida years ago to adjust um, insurance claims. And the man they were working for, I think it was Ryan probably. I don't know if you remember the situation or not. But he was like, let's go out and get some beers after the first day. Ryan says, no, I don't do that. That's reproof in and of itself right there. You know, why don't you do that? Well, that would be further reproof, you know, wouldn't it? 
You were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. As far as Ryan was concerned, this would not be acceptable unto the Lord. I can't walk in that. You can walk, I can't, you can walk there, but I can't walk there. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. What are we? We're light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Are you light? We're light in the Lord, aren't we? Wherefore he saith, Awakest thou that sleepeth, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Walk honestly, is what we're talking about. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, where is an excess. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So just another place that we can pull you know, from and look at what Paul's telling us here you know, in Romans 13. Someone... Um, was joking yesterday and, and said that they were a gift to this world. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, you're right. Because they were, a, they were a believer. I said, you're right, you are. You are a gift unto this world. And I said, you are to be a light unto it. Um, you're called to be a light. You're called to work, walk circumspectly. You're called to walk in love. You're called to walk honestly. Um, you're called to walk like you're in the day and not in the night. You know, but cast off the works of darkness. Psalm 90 says, says this. So think about this in relation to what this person said about being a gift. And I, I, I look out amongst you and, and I see gifts in different ways. I mean, I see, here's my wife. What a gift God has given, you know, unto me. Par- godly parents, a godly brother, aunt, friends, you know, they're all here. Mother-in-law, you know children even you know what a gift god has given you know unto us unto one another but psalm 90 it says this in, in not i'm not gonna read the whole psalm but one part of psalm 90 the psalmist says this let the beauty of the lord can anybody finish it let the beauty of the lord hmm our god be upon us Brother Conrad Merrill stood here, and I know some of you don't know him. He, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. But he stood here in this pulpit, and he said unto all of us sitting out there, he said, the best thing that could get out about Cheetah Baptist Church is that God is among them. That's the best thing. That, you remember him saying that? I remember him saying that. The best thing that could get out about Cheetah Baptist Church is God is among them. This is what the psalmist is saying here. It says, let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. You're talking about putting on Christ? Let the beauty of our God be upon us. And we're not going to get to that part today, but, but we're called to put on Christ. Let the beauty of our God be upon us. Be upon us so that... The, it, yeah. Put on Christ, right. And we've, we're already, being in Christ is a prerequisite, right, to putting on Christ. Absolutely. But I see that beauty of God being upon us twofold. Let 
the beauty of our God be upon us that we may see Christ. Let the beauty of our God be upon us so that others may see Christ in us. You know, we, you know I want to, don't you want to see more of Christ? You know, Paul talked that way, didn't he? I mean, hadn't he seen Christ? Absolutely he has. But, you know, he wanted to know more. More of the love of Christ that passes knowledge. I, I was thinking as we went through that genealogy, as, as Donnie was praying, I'd, I'd ask him to pray, and as he was praying, I was, I was like, Lord, there is so much more here than we even began to see. Yeah. You are Abraham's seed, yes. I mean, there's, there's so much more. Than, than, than we have been able to... I mean, we're going to know even as we are known one day, aren't we? When, we? when we see Him, we shall be like Him. We're going to know even as we are known. Truly, the, the, the hymn that Sister Delina called, what a day that will be. <laughs> what a day that will be. What a glorious day you know, that will be. Life in this world is night and darkness at its best. We must be on guard. You know, we're, if, if, I, I know that I mentioned it a lot. A, a brother of mine that is a pastor friend was at another pastor's house, and he sent me a picture. I don't know why this brother, he must, he must like it more than I do, but he, he had, I don't know, it was probably, I won't take time, I don't have my phone, I can't look at it, it's there. But there must have been, nine copies of Pilgrim's Progress and they were old copies leather bound you know copies and he said I saw this and I thought of you because he knows I like the book but here's the point if you've read it we are in Vanity Fair Um, we need to walk circumspectly Um, and and is it going to cost you anything it might even cost you your life I mean, absolutely, it's cost us our life as far as the world is concerned. We've given up all those things, counted them as done, the Scripture says, that we may win Christ, that we may have Him. You know, all the things, you think about Paul saying that, all the things that he'd been brought up in, all the traditions, you know, all the things that he had learned, and he said, I've counted them all but loss. All those things that I thought righteousness was in, that I could establish my own righteousness in, I count them but loss, that I might win Christ. We've got to be on guard. There is so much in this world that will seek to monopolize, that will seek to overtake, that will seek to govern our time. Calls us to be unprofitable. We must not be conformed to it. We must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The mind of Christ that's been given unto us. Think about that being renewed in the spirit of your mind being transformed and you couple that with the fact that what we were talking about before about you've got to have Christ to put on Christ well if you're going to be renewed in the spirit of your mind we have the mind of Christ John eight twelve says then spake Jesus again unto them saying I am the light of the world he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life 1 Corinthians 4 5 Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of hearts or of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. God's going to bring some things that haven't been seen to light. 
And I'm not talking about just negative things. He's going to bring some positive things to light. I mean, there's, there's men and women that are serving the Lord in obscure places. Unknown places. And they're not having men, you know, talk about the work that they're doing there. But they know that their work is what? Not in vain in the Lord. They're doing it as unto the Lord. They're not doing it for the praise of men. They're not doing it for a large income or salary. They probably sold everything and have little of nothing. And yet they rejoice in the Lord every day, being able to get up and go about and be light in the places that they've been sent. You know, we used to talk about, you know, Africa, the dark continent. Well, guess what? It's dark in the United States. It's dark everywhere. Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says, Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. But you see the light and darkness in these passages. 1 John 1, 5 through 7, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. I mean, the New Testament's full of this idea, isn't it? Acts twenty six sixteen through 18. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee, this is Paul, for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. The world looks at things around it and says, isn't it wonderful? You know, we look at those things and say, darkness. It's darkness. The world sees some of the things as being dark. But we see darkness in the best of things because of the effect sins had upon man. And the fact that the things that they do, they're not doing to the glory of God. They're abusing like Brother J.T. said, they're abusing the things that God's given you know, unto them. John 3.19, And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth, this is what we're supposed to have our loins girt about with, right? Truth, he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. We sing about that, don't we? Search me, know me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me. We come to the light. We want the Lord to, to shine a light upon our hearts, shine a light upon our thoughts, to shine a light upon our deeds, shine a light upon the things that we say and do. And Lord, is there anything here that's displeasing in your sight that I can jettison, that I can put off, that I can throw out of the ship? 
Second Peter 3.13 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth. This world's not our home. We're strangers and pilgrims here, right? Wherein dwelleth righteousness. First Peter 2.9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises. This is this light showing forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust. That's the end of chapter 13, isn't it? Read that there with me. The end of chapter 13 says, Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. One man said he didn't give up smoking until he stopped buying cigarettes. Right? You know, if you're going to give up smoking, you ought to stop buying cigarettes. Don't make provision for the flesh. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. You think about that. They war against the soul. I mean, we're in a battle. We don't be fighting against ourselves, you know, here. We're, we're, we're battling against wickedness and, and, and darkness in high places. We don't be fighting against ourselves. We need to be pulling down those strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, you know, of Christ, right? That's what we're called unto. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, think about Joseph. There he was in prison, you know, and, and Potiphar had put him there. But I think Potiphar knew, you know, what he had done. You know, he knew this was an honest man. He knew this was a godly man. He knew the things that his wife accused Joseph of weren't so you know you think about when joseph came out of prison second only to pharaoh guess who he was over potiphar you know we don't see joseph you know trying to get some revenge you know there and and put potiphar in prison Um, galatians 1 4 who gave himself for our sins, talking about walking in light, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of, our, of God and our Father. John five fifteen nineteen rather, sorry, fifteen nineteen. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, because I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. First John two fifteen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, it's darkness, right? That's what's in the world, isn't it? Darkness. What does it say here? All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh. I'm sorry, sister. That was 1 John 2. Is that what you're looking for? 1 John 2. 15 through 17. Thank you. Yes. If, if, you'll, if you'll just, if I'm looking at you, look up at me. I'll, I know I get to going too fast sometimes, don't I? No, you're fine. Yeah. No. It's, it'd be hard to write down everything I'm reading that fast. <laughs> all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world it's any consolation the message is out there or should be out there and you go back and listen to it I guess but you know you're listening to it now you don't have to go back and write references but at the same time I'll make this offer if you ever want 
to know what that verse was that I had mentioned, I'll, I will hand this to you and you can, it's, it's in there. Um, I'm not quoting everything from memory. There's some things that I say that aren't from in my notes, but, but uh, most, for the most part, it's there. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I guess some of my family's done that before because they feel like they have that liberty, but I want you to know you all have that liberty, you know, that you can come up and ask me that, and I'll, I'll be glad to tell you. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. How about John twelve forty six? I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. I mean, this is the gospel that we have for people. They're in darkness. They need light. And we're called to put on the armor of light. Light's a pretty strong weapon, right? It's a pretty strong weapon. The light of the gospel. That's what God has said that he would use. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. It's not my power. We've talked about that how many times since we went through, you know, Romans 1. Not my power. It's his power. It's the power of God. To everyone that, say it again, brother, believeth. Believeth. Jew and Gentile both. Unto salvation. We're called to put on the armor of light, to walk in the light, to walk, to walk with a clear conscience. I mean, how can we walk in the light if we're not walking with clear conscience? If we're trying, we, you, we actually think, it's just, it's just the wildest thing that we actually think that we can hide something from God. I can walk in this little sin over here and God not see it. That I can do this thing in the dark and nobody's going to know about it. God knows. Before we ever did it, He knows. Yeah. Let there be light. Yeah. Good point, brother. Let there be light. To walk a holy walk. Robert Murray McShane said, a holy man, that would be a man that put on the armor of light, right? That would be somebody that's walking honestly. That would be somebody that's walking in the light. That would be somebody that's walking in the spirit. That's somebody that's put on Christ. And we use all these things interchangeably, right? So a holy man in the hand of God is an awful weapon. An awful weapon. If we're not walking in the light, what does the devil have to be concerned about us for? If we're walking in known sin, if we have a defiled conscience, we're open to Satan's attacks, continually accusing us, we're ineffective. We're ineffective at opposing him in that place. Ephesians six, twelve through 19 you know this passage, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, right? Against spiritual wickedness in high places, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. It's not just stand, but we're talking about withstand. I mean, there's fiery darts that are being sent your way all the time that you may be able to withstand, taking the shield of faith, that you may be able to quench those fiery darts. You know, those loins girt about with the truth, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. You know, all those things that we have mentioned here in, in, in Ephesians 6, 
the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Here you go, Brother Donnie. You ready? Ephesians six nineteen. Did you find it? No? <laughs> Ephesians six nineteen, and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, whether it's in my house or it's in the office. If it's, if it's with a brother who's not walking, you know, circumspectly, he's not walking honestly, that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. We still need the gospel, don't we? I mean, how many years we've been walking with the Lord, Brother Marvin? We still need the gospel? Yeah, we still need the gospel. First John 5.18 says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Isn't that kind of related to this, the, the, these fiery darts? And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. That's the whole thing. We can say the best thing about this world is darkness. It's wickedness. It lies in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. What do we relate idols to? Idolatry to covetousness. We related that, that earlier. Um, you know, what about that sinneth not? Does it mean we never sin? If we say we're without sin, we deceive ourselves, right? Can't say that. If we sin, if we confess our sin, we're faithful to confess our sin. He's faithful to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? We understand that. But what are we talking about here? You know, yeah. If if we're if we're a Christian, if we're truly His, we're not going to walk in continual darkness you can't walk in sin and it not trouble you the world it does not trouble we need to understand that distinction they drink in iniquity like water can you do that can you drink in iniquity like water can you say you can do that no we can't do that the lord won't let us do that sin shall not have dominion over you not saying you can't fall into sin but you're not going to stay there the world may wallow in it, but the Lord's not going to let you stay there. You're being kept by the power of God. Or we would wallow in sin. We would stay there if it weren't for that power. First Thessalonians 5, 4 through 10 says, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. So what do we need to be doing? We need to watch and be sober, right? For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Hope we can see some of these things here as we're reading some of these verses. There's so much in the New Testament um, that we have in regards to what we're talking about here in this passage in Romans 13. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We talked about that. Reprove them. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth, from this point forward, go forward, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. We're back to that again. That Brother Johnny brought, brought out this morning. This blindness that they're in. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves over. They're giving themselves over to lasciviousness. They're giving themselves over to sin every day. They're giving themselves over to it. To work all uncleanness with greediness. They're greedy for it. They want more and more. They're like a leech. They continue to drink in more and more and more. They're greedy for it. They've got to have it. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Therefore, or wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not sun, the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Well, we can give place to the devil, can't we? And you mull those things over in your mind. You let them dwell. You let them fester. And boy, the devil is going to be glad to continue to press that and press that and press that again and again and again. Put it away. Put it away. I'm starting to lose some of you, so I'm going to stop right there. I've probably gone too long already. I've been looking at the time of the messages, and I've been preaching about an hour. I could keep going, but I don't want to just keep going and going and going just because I can. You know, I, I, I want us to consider these things. I want us to think about them. I don't want us to sit there and, I mean, I, it happens to me, believe me. I can be sitting in my study. I'm sure Brother Marvin and Brother JT can testify this. I'm tired, but I'm, 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 I'm trying to sit there and read something I wanted to read. And I'll read a paragraph, and I thought, Think to myself, yeah, I read it, but I don't remember anything about it. And I just finished it. And I got to go back and read it again. You know, so I, I don't want that to be the case. But we've tried to give a description of darkness and night. We've tried to give a description of what we need to be doing and putting off these things and putting on the armor of light. We, it's not that we don't know these things. We know them. It's not that we haven't heard them before. Not that we don't understand them. We, we do. But do we need to be reminded? Sure we do. I don't know where we are all, are all today, this morning, right now. I don't know. Well, it's afternoon now. It's not this morning anymore. But where this finds you, where it finds me, you realize it can find me there too, right? You realize it's not just you. 
It can find me in the same place. Where does it find us? So what are we going to take and do with it? What is there that we need to put off? What is it we need to push away? What is it we need to lay aside? And what is it we need to put on? Lord, help us to put away these things. Put away. Can you still lie? Can we lie to one another in this very church, in this assembly? Can we lie to each other? Yeah. Put away such things. Walk honestly. Walk circumspectly. You know, walk, walk pleasing unto the Lord. Walk in love. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in truth. Walk honestly. Lord, help us to do that. I mean, if there's anything in any of us that the Lord, you know, maybe we think, well, this is a small thing. It's not really that big a deal. Be careful. You know, can a man take fire to his bosom? His clothes not be burned? No. Can't. Can't do it. I suspect them fellows walk across that coal. They're those coals, those hot coals, their feet are getting burned. Yeah. They just do it with a stoic face. I don't know. You can't take fire to yourself and not be burned by it. So let us walk circumspectly. Walk as we ought to walk. It's not that we're trying to put on something that we aren't, right? I mean, Halloween's coming up, isn't it? I was in the grocery store yesterday. I saw all the little boxes everywhere with all candy in it, you know. And we were in, where were we? We were in Marshall's yesterday. And all the Halloween decorations. Those people are putting on something. They're becoming a character. You know, little kids are you know, putting on Captain America, whatever the popular thing is today. I don't know. They're putting on something that they aren't. You're being called to put on something that you are. Something that's a reality within you. To be it. To be what you are. Don't be something else. Don't be something that you're not. Right? Anybody have any other thoughts, any questions, comments? Got one more minute before it turns one. Time is at end, yeah. Here we are, living in that day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't seal them up. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's stand and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. It's certainly not an age of enlightenment, whatever the world may like to think. Apart from the light of Christ, they're in darkness. They're in darkness. How about that passage in Matthew 6? If the light, if the, the light of the, of the uh, body is the eye, if therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, full of darkness, right? If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness a lot of people walking around that's the case
All right. Well, let's let's pray, and we'll return thanks for the the meal that um, that we're about to share together for those that are able to to stay. Brother Marvin, would you pray for us and return thanks for the meal?